Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! We uh, have just been, uh, you know, being led by God to just go through a series of teachings um, over the last month or so, uh, just wanting more of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, some of you who uh, might be new or you might not know who the Holy Spirit is, you know, let me give you a brief uh, crash course. You know, um, you know we, uh, as Christians, we, we believe in God. We believe that God loves us and God created us in His own image. And God's original plan was He intended us to be good and a force of good, to be His earthly representations on earth uh, and to cover the earth with His goodness and with His ideas of, of doing things. Uh, but of course, you know, we being humans, uh, we rebelled. You know, how many of you can relate with rebellion? No? No? No one? How many of you have gone through teenage rebellion? before? You know, how many of you are still going through Teenage Rebellion? You know, how many of you will one day go through Teenage Rebellion? Because maybe some of you are very young. You know, there, there is such a thing. You know, in, in my uh, short experience of, of uh, serving as a pastor, uh, I have experienced Teenage Rebellion. And recently, I was talking to Pastor Cat. We even come up with a term uh, called uh, Delayed Teenage Rebellion. Uh, and uh, sometimes we meet people in their 30s who are still rebelling like a teenager. And we go like, well, I guess you didn't get your chance when you were 16. But uh, cool, you know, let's get you sorted out so that you can be an adult finally. Uh, but, you know, you know, we rebel, right? So it's in our innate nature. Uh, uh, the Bible calls it our sinful nature. You know, we rebel against God. Uh, we disobeyed Him. Uh, we push back against Him. Uh, but God, being the good Father that He is, uh, immediately, you know, uh, did everything that He could to, to, to win us back and to show us the error of His ways. You know, the Bible is split into the Old Testament and New Testament. And Old Testament, of course, talks about how God used the law and the prophets to, to win His people back, to, to point them you know, back to Him. And ultimately, you know, Jesus came. Jesus, the Son of God, was sent by God Himself to come and not only live among us, show us how to live for God, showed us how to love God, but through His death and sacrifice made it possible for us to be pleasing to God again. And, uh, you know, and immediately after that, you know, the Bible says, in fact, Jesus himself said that, you know, I'm, I'm going back to the Father, but I will not leave you as orphans. You know, I will send the Holy Spirit and He will dwell in us. And, and that's what we want to focus on. We want uh, to, uh, to grow in our understanding, grow in our love for the Holy Spirit. You know, many times, you know, we, uh, uh, in Christianity, we either uh, uh, think the Holy Spirit is like the, he's like the most mysterious member of our Godhead, you know. Uh, God the Father, we all understand that concept because all of us, we understand what fathers are or is. Uh, and uh, we know Jesus because, you know, he's like, you know, he's like the, the best, isn't he? Uh, but when it comes to the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we go like, mm, not quite sure what that is. But actually, friends, I want to encourage you. The Holy Spirit is our friend, you know. And, and, and many times, you know, a lot of world religions, you know, the, the, the the founder of the religion, you know, they, they, they have a bunch of ideas uh, and, uh, you know, but when they pass away, uh, all that's left are their teachings. But how many know that when Jesus, you know, he didn't uh, pass away, but he ascended to heaven, but he left behind not just his teachings, but he's left behind a teacher. And that teacher is the Holy Spirit. And so you have this very beautiful picture because, you know, the, the expert on Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And the expert on the Holy Spirit is Jesus. And so what I want us, you know, to, to experience, you know, over this summer season is that as things are beginning to reopen, you know, as we go back to work again, how many of you have gone back to work for real? Or how many of you are still working for home? Work from home, can I see a show of hands? Work for real, uh, as in like, you know, you go to work. You know, both of you are working for real, I understand, okay? How many of you are doing like a hybrid of both, a little bit of here and there? Well, fantastic. You know, but my encouragement is this, that as we re 
regather for church, as we regather for work, you know, and as we definitely go out, you know, how many of you have gone out for at least one meal, right? Come on, don't be liars. Oh, okay. Uh, at least one meal. Uh, you know, as we head out again, you know, as we uh, attempt to, you know, rebuild from, you know, the one and, uh, one and a half years that have passed, you know, I want us to rebuild stronger. And I want us to rebuild being more in sync with the Holy Spirit, being more in tune with Him, being more in step with Him. So if you're taking down notes, I've titled today's message as Spirit Synced. Because our phones are not the only thing that we got to sync with. You know, we got to sync with His Holy Spirit. We got to walk in step with Him. And like I said, the expert on the Holy Spirit is Jesus. And so why don't we turn to some scripture? We're going to do some reading. Is that okay? Uh, I love reading God's Word. And uh, we're going to read from John chapter 15, verse 26 and 27, the, the, towards the end of John chapter 15. And then immediately, we're going to continue reading from John chapter 16, verse 1 to 15. Amen? Uh, if you have your physical Bibles, I encourage you to turn there, uh, or your digital Bibles, if, if that helps. Uh, but if you don't have a Bible in physical or digital format, uh, you can, you can uh, look at the screen, and uh, that's to help you out. And so, John chapter 15, verse 26 to 27, and then we're going to read from John chapter 16 verse 1 to 15. Amen. So this is Jesus teaching his disciples about the Holy Spirit. And my hope is that uh, through our time together today, you will grow in your confidence to see the Holy Spirit uh, as an asset in your life, uh, to see him as a friend and to see him as, you know, uh, really, you know, the, the most beautiful thing, which is God living in us. Just think about that for a while there. You know, Jesus says that God is spirit and, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And isn't it beautiful that then when Jesus ascended to heaven, he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And so the Holy Spirit is not just uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, a personality of God. No, he is God in the purest form because God is spirit and he who dwells in us is the Holy Spirit. And so God gave not only the best in Jesus, but he gave also the purest in the Holy Spirit. And he dwells in us and, and I want us to learn uh, to be in sync with Him so that we can benefit from Him so that He can change us and, and mold us so that we are pleasing to Him. Amen? You know, before we read Scripture, allow me to pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank You and we're about to open up Your Word. And Lord, we're here today not for more information, but Lord, we do want to understand. We do want to know You. And so God, I pray that as we read Scripture in a while, help us to understand, Holy Spirit. And not just understand so that we have more information, but Lord, help us to understand so that there can be transformation in our lives. Lord, today we do not seek to be comforted. We desire to be transformed. We desire to be corrected if that is what is best for us. But most importantly, Lord, we want to live, Lord, a victorious life that can be pleasing to you and be part of uh, uh, what you want to do in the world around us. So thank you, Lord. Lord, guide us as we read. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So John 15, verse 26 says this, Jesus' teaching, but when the helper comes, some of your translations could even have the the advocate, the comforter, you know, how many know that, you know, the Holy Spirit is so big that there's not one single word that can properly describe Him, you know, and He is all that. He is helper. He is advocate. He is comforter. He is friend. And let's continue on. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, so where's the Holy Spirit from? From the Father. In other words, our God, we have one God in three persons, amen, and the Holy Spirit is coming from the Father. Father, just like how Jesus and the Father are one, the Spirit is also one with the Father. So He's the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. Amen. And you will also bear witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. Let's continue reading. These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. 
they will, be put, they will put you out of synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And this is Jesus warning that, hey, I'm, I'm about to, you know, go to the cross. I'm going to do a new thing. And after that, I'm going to ascend. But, but it doesn't mean, you know, even though in the heavenly realms, even though spiritually speaking, it is a beautiful new beginning, uh, but it is not a new beginning that doesn't come with its own dangers. And people will misunderstand you, Jesus is saying. People will hate you. And back then, because he was speaking to his disciples who were all Jewish and where they used to worship were synagogues and at the temple. So they will chase you out of the synagogues. And they will even try to kill you and in killing you, thinking that they are doing a service to God. And, and, and even though today, you know, uh, maybe Jesus is being ultra-prophetic, I was about to say that maybe today we're living in a country where, you know, uh, believing in Jesus, you know, our life is, is, is not in danger. But, but it will come one day where the world will become so hostile. In fact, today, in many nations, in fact, more nations are, are uh, opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ than they are for it, you know. And there are many nations where when you become a follower of Christ, you will get in trouble. You know, there are, there are countries where you will be locked up. There are countries where you will be kicked out of your family. And, and, and while we don't have that kind of challenges here yet, it doesn't mean that we will never have to face it. Amen? And it doesn't mean that we do nothing with the protection that God has given us right now. So you might be saying that, yeah, we, we, we don't face in this country that kind of persecution. Then the question is this, what are we doing with that freedom? Amen? And no, God says that you know, those that have been given much, much will be expected of them. And so God has given us much freedom, much protection, much grace. So what are we doing with that freedom? Are we just keeping it to ourselves or are we sharing it to the world? Amen? And so even though the words of Jesus here uh, were more specifically for His uh, followers then, but it is still for us today and it will become even more true in the days to come. Even right now, people are against the teachings of Christ, but let's, let's go on. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father, nor me. Verse 3. Continuing verse 4. But these things I have told you, that when the time comes, you will remember that I told you of them. So this is of course also a future warning. A present and future warning. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. So Jesus was saying that because I was with you, you were protected from these things. But, but I'm going to leave you and you're going to be exposed to some of these dangers but I'm letting you know in advance. But now I go away to Him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Maybe even that's happening right now. You know, before we go into the message, some of you are already thinking, why is he starting the message with persecution and, and being thrown out of our families? You know, such a downer, such a downer. And, and he's, maybe his disciples are going to the same thing. Jesus, we're just having a supper together. It's such a downer, you know. Uh, but, but Jesus is saying that, no, I'm preparing you for the things to come, all right? So let's go on. Um, but because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin, because they do not believe in me. How many know that the problem with sin in the world today is because they do not believe in Jesus? Amen? You know, we have disagreements with our friends. We say that, well, you know, Jesus has taught me according to my faith, according to what the Bible says, you know, that thing, that's sinful in the eyes of God. And most of the times when people push back, it's, they're pushing back because they go like, well, that's your faith, that's your opinion, and because they don't share your faith in Jesus, so they do not recognize it as sin. And, that, and, and it becomes a problem, right? It, it's like, um, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, uh, I, 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 I love animals, uh, and, uh, you know, but some people, uh, I won't say some people don't, but uh, uh, I, I still remember 
Uh, years ago, when I was still in the, our church office in, in, in Malaysia, when I was serving, uh, one day I heard a loud scream from, coming from Pastor Sandra's office because uh, a mouse had, uh, you know, uh, fallen from the ceiling and, and, and kind of like landed and she was freaking out. And uh, I rushed in there, go like, what, what, what? She said, kill it, kill it. <laughs> and I was like, uh, it's just a mouse. And then she looked at me like, David Yao, kill it, you know. And, and many times with war today, you know, uh, uh, that's the same problem with sin, right? Uh, uh, God says, kill it. It's sinful. Do away with it. You know, that's not my plan. That's not my idea. If you allow it to continue on, it will cause you more problem. And yet there are people in the world like me who will look at sin and go like, oh, it's just a mouse. Leave the mouse alone, you know. Recently, in the same conversation at, at, at uh, where I stay, uh, and uh, Pastor Cat was saying that, it's a spider! Kill it! Kill it! And I went in there and go like, but spiders are our friends, you know. Like, like you know, uh, leave them be. Maybe they'll help kill some flies. And then, then Cat, you know, came back with the hoover and sucked the whole thing in. And so I can see that even, even the congregation is split, you know. I see the girls clapping and the guys going like, mm, spider, so it's fine. Uh, um, but that's the thing, right? Because why? What do we defer on? We defer on Jesus. If we agree on Jesus, we, can, we will be able to say, that's sin, sin is sin. A spade is spade, call it for what it is, but because of that. And so the Holy Spirit said, but when, when He comes, He will convict people of sin. Because of the disagreement on who Jesus is, but when the Holy Spirit comes, there'll be no disagreement on who Jesus is because if Jesus was a phony, then when he said the Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit doesn't come, then he's a phony. But the fact that the Holy Spirit came because Jesus said he will come and even to today, the Holy Spirit lives in us. It means that Jesus is who he said he is. So, so the Holy Spirit, part of what he does is to convict the world of sin. And of righteousness, because I go to my Father. If Jesus was just a man and he died on the cross, the law would say that that is a cursed death and he will not be anywhere near the Father uh, in the heavenly realms. But because we know that Jesus is now with the Father, because if he didn't go back to the Father, the, the Holy Spirit wouldn't have come. And so when the Holy Spirit came, it's also to vindicate all the teachings of Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And so friends, you know, if you ever have a, 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 con a, a kind of like crisis of faith and you begin to doubt, you know, is, is what Jesus saying really true? You know, is the Holy Spirit living in you? You know, is the helper still living in you? How do you know the Holy Spirit is living in you? Let me give you this, this bonus tip. I wasn't planning to teach this, but let me just throw it out there. How do you know where the Holy Spirit is living in you? How do you know as a believer you are, you are filled with the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you this one word, okay? Write it down. Arguments. Do you find yourself arguing and justifying your decisions to yourself? Have you found yourself, right, right, going like, let's say for example, uh, the offering back passes you by. Well, we don't pass it anymore for now due to pandemic seasons, but, but let's say, you know, give online and you're going like, yeah, we, whatever. And then, and then something within you go like, no, you should give. No, 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 I don't have to give. I'm not working yet. No, 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 but it's not about working. Do you see that back and forth? That's an argument. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is an advocate. You know who, who he, he argues against? He doesn't argue against God. He doesn't argue. He argues against our flesh. And so when God is saying that, hey, the Holy Spirit will come in you as a helper, he will help you to obey. He will come in as an advocate to help you argue, but not argue to give you confusion, but to argue against your flesh. And that's why sometimes, you know, uh, we have a nudging to forgive and yet, something within us go like, not yet. What's that? That's an argument. So you have a voice that says that, forgive now. Forgive just as you've been forgiven. And then there's a voice within you that says that, no, not yet. He's not sincere. That, 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 that text message is not enough. The person needs to grovel. The person needs to buy me a meal. They need to buy me a gift back. Uh, I need to see them get their, their you know, uh, uh, what's coming and then I will forgive. What, what's that back and forth? It's between you and the Holy Spirit. That's how you know the Holy Spirit is with you when, when you have trouble sleeping because you are struggling to obey. 
Have you been there before where you want to do something or, or, or you feel maybe a voice tell you don't do that? You know, you're about to give someone a, a piece of your mind and then something says, don't give a piece of your mind. Otherwise, you'll end up being mindless. And yet you give anyway and then friendships are broken. Yeah? You know, and, and so that, that's how we know. So the Holy Spirit is in there, right? So He's in us. He's in us, meaning that God, Jesus is with the Father. And last but not least, uh, it says here, and He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment because they do not believe in Me. Amen? Uh, uh, be- uh, 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 sorry, I lost my line of sight. Because they do not believe in Me. Verse 10, of righteousness because I go to My Father and you see Me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. How many know that the Holy Spirit is filling us uh, and not just for our entertainment? How many know that God's desire is for His goodness? His original idea is for His goodness to fill the earth. And right now, it's the same. And the beautiful thing about God's Holy Spirit being within us is this powerful act of God basically, you know, expanding His church. You know, back in the Old Testament days, there was only one place, one place that contained the presence of God. You know, originally it was the the Ark of Covenant. Right, if you need a, a visual description of it, go watch this very old film called Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. And, and they were basically hunting after the Ark of the Covenant, this, this um, artifact that God instructed His people to build that, that represented His presence. And when God saw fit that it was time for a temple to be built, you know, that, that, that covenant presence then entered the temple. And, and, the, and the temple had areas where people could gather and worship and then there was areas where it was so holy uh, that only the high priest can go in. And even then, the high priest had to clean himself and all that. And so we have here in the New Testament, Jesus hinting that, hey, I'm going to go to the cross and, and I'm going I'm to make everything right with God again. And after that, the presence of God, which at one time, was limited and exclusive to the Ark of a Covenant. And at one time was limited and exclusive to the Holy of Holies in the, in the Temple of Solomon. Is now going to be dwelling in each and every single one of you. And God is saying that from when it is to your advantage because when I go, each and every single one of you and those that will believe through you will become my arcs of covenant, will become carriers of my presence. And if you go back and read the Old Testament, oh, oh you know, the Bible is, is, is full of, chock full of, of wisdom, but also so much adventure. You will see that every time the presence of God, you know, through the ark of covenant will be, will be let out, you know, they will win battles. And in fact, you know, there was one time where, where, where Israel, you know, the nation that God uh, uh, formed through His people were disobedient and, and God allowed them to be raided and, and so the ark was stolen and, and, and put into the temple of, of the Philistine god, uh, Dagon. Uh, and uh, the next morning when the priests came in, they saw the statue of Dagon bowing down to the ark of the covenant. Uh, and then when they tried to fix it up again, the next day, it came bowing down again. That, that God is saying that, hey, Christianity is not just a feel-good thought religion, it is power. And I am the God of power. And the same God who, who rescued His people out of slavery in Egypt, you know, the same God who split the Red Seas, the same God who rose Jesus from the grave. You see, everything, every miracle in the Bible is not just little miracles, it is powerful, it's a powerful statement of who God is. And God is saying that now, that statement, that seal is upon each and every single one of you. So, so why am I so excited to say that we got to live in sync with the Holy Spirit? It's because God never intended for us as believers to live boring, safe lives. Read the book of Acts. It was neither boring nor safe. It was exciting and dangerous and it is in the excitement and danger that God was with them. And so here it's so powerful because God is saying that when my spirit comes upon you, you will be my instruments of judgment. Now, I'm not saying that, that you know, you'll go around and start judging people. Oh, I can judge you now. 
because the presence of God is within me. No, it's saying that by your very presence, you know, you're pronouncing judgment over the world. And if there's anything that is not right, it is like a light is being introduced into darkness. You know, how many know have gone camping before, right? It can be pitch dark, but all you need is one matchstick and immediately the area lights up. That's what God is saying. You know, go forth. Be my salt and light in the world and light up the darkness. Push back the darkness and judge the darkness of the world. How many know that there are forces of darkness in this world? Right? You know, that there are, right now as we speak, you know, human trafficking is still a real thing. Sexual abuse is still a real thing. Uh, drug addiction is still a real thing. As we speak right now, somewhere around the world, someone is getting hurt. There are things at work. And, and the enemy knows this. And they're trying to push back. But God is saying that my people are meant to go out, spread. And as they walk into the world, they are pronouncing my judgment. That forces of darkness, your time is up. Your time is up. Because God's presence is here. God's people is here. When you go to work, you know, I know most of you don't work in like dodgy places, but, but there are still spiritual things at work. Recently, I was talking to, to Pastor Kat, and she was talking about how, you know, the legal industry, legal industry, right, can sometimes be, you know, when dealing with people, whether clients or with each other, you know, it can be so stressful that, that people need counseling and therapy. And, 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 and I, for one, believe that, yeah, I mean, when you need therapy, go for it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I believe that, you know, church and what we do, homes and all that, that's a form of therapy because we're there for each other, talking it out, learning from God, and, and just encouraging each other. Uh, but how many know that there are things at work, you know, uh, that are trying to crush lives? People think that just because I'm a high-paying lawyer, I got no problems. But, but high-paying lawyers can also struggle with addiction, can also struggle with broken marriages, can also struggle with, you know, uh, uh, mental health issues. And I, for one, am not so naive to think that all mental health issues are just a clinical imbalance in their mind or, or, or sociological or psychological in origin. I believe that it could also be spiritual originated problems. And when you go into your, into your offices, you're not just going there to work. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not just going there to work. And if your neighbor is not working, just say, I will pray for you to get a job. Amen. And those who need jobs, say amen. Right? And so when you go in, you're not just going there to work. You're there as an agent of God. You're there as a carrier of God's presence to push back the darkness, to turn the light in. And, and, and when you begin to be in step with the Holy Spirit, to be in sync with the Holy Spirit, you know, you should supernaturally turn your workplace and begin to lift the atmosphere of that place up. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're there uh, to turn things around just like how God turned things around. I'm getting distracted. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching already and I'm not even finished reading the scripture yet, okay? So let's come back, all right? Uh, uh, verse 12. I still have many things to say to you. Yeah, Jesus, I feel you. But you cannot bear them now. Amen, amen. They can't handle it. However, when He and the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take off what is Mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are Mine. Therefore, I said that He will take off Mine and declare it to you. Amen. God bless the reading of His Scripture. So, how do we, no, no, you know, I, I got interrupted by that because I just felt like we, we need to know again the, the true power, the true potential that, that lives in us right now. And, and you know, because the, the last thing I want is for us to one day see God face to face and He said that you could have done so much more. You, you could have done so much more. It's not because of your ability, but God's ability in you. But instead, you know, you, the Bible says you are like the person who lights a lamp and puts it underneath a basket. And Jesus said, who does that? You're meant to be a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. A city on a hill that shines forth, you know, God's goodness and allow the Holy Spirit within you to convict. It's not your job to convict. 
You know, when you see your colleagues coming in late for, uh, you know, in the morning, I, I don't know, now working from home, so maybe everybody comes in late. Uh, or, or not, I'm not sure, no judgment, no condemnation. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we, at, at, at the work environment, uh, we are tempted to judge. We're tempted to go, you know, thinking that that will convict them and make them feel better. But no, all that that will do is just condemn them. You let the Holy Spirit do it. It's, it's not up to you to roll your eyes. No matter how back your eyeballs roll, you cannot convict people of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And, and what you need to do is allow the Holy Spirit to be in you and to be present in your life. So how, therefore, if the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts, it is if the Holy Spirit is the one that vindicates the righteousness of God and gives proof, the Bible earlier on, it says, He will testify of me, means give proof, give credibility to the teachings of Jesus. So if the Holy Spirit is the one that will convict sin, if the Holy Spirit is the one that will give credibility to the world around me, that what I believe in is not just some cuckoo cocoa puffs, it's actually the teachings of the Son of God. And, and if what is within me is the one that will push back the darkness so I don't need to walk into every room and begin to sprinkle anointing all everywhere and go, the power of Christ compels you. I, you don't have to do that. The Holy Spirit is the one that will do it. Then what we need to do is to be so in sync to the Holy Spirit. And the key is this. I've got one point for you for a change day. The, the point is this. You need to be selfless. To be in step with the Holy Spirit, we need to be selfless. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is selfless. I'm going to say it one more time. If you want to be in step with the Holy Spirit, if you want to be so in tune with Him, have you met couples that are dating that are so in tune that they can finish each other's sandwiches and sentences? So in tune that uh, when... The, the, the other one is not around, they, they know what to order. You know, just a few days ago, we were hanging out with uh, our ex-Bristol family and just catching up with uh, Andrew and Denise and seeing their baby girl, Christine, for the first time. And, and so they were talking about, you know, we're just catching up how marriage life is. And, and then the stronger your marriage grows, you're, you're able to know how each other think. So even before you, the person says that you know how to help the other person. And I could see that, you know, amazing couple, kind of like, you know, just, just like a tag team, knowing how, when to pass the baby to who and, and when the baby needs what because they're so in sync. I want us to be so in sync, not just with your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband or wife, but with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is selfless. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, the teacher, the, the, the professor on the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is the professor on Jesus, says this, that when the Spirit comes, He will testify not of Himself, but of Jesus. Now, does the Holy Spirit have nothing to say? No. If you read Genesis, He's been there. The Spirit of God was hovering over the emptiness of the earth at that time. Go back, read Genesis 1. So does the Holy Spirit have, have a lot to say? Yeah. When I go to heaven, do I want to have lots of conversations with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. I want Him to explain to me what does the void look like? Because you were there before nothing was anyway. And, and I was like, but yet the Holy Spirit came, right? Can you imagine if the Holy Spirit was me? Holy Spirit coming, hey, hey, guys, I arrived. Who wants to find out about the void? <laughs> but no, no, He came. And the first thing He did was, I'm going to testify about Jesus. I'm here not to do my thing. I've got, I've got lots of stories to tell, but right now the only story I want to tell is Jesus. That's so selfless. And it goes on. It says that, that He will come and, and He will do this. He will condemn the world of sin because, it's, because they don't agree about who I am. They will show righteousness because I am with the Father again. Jesus is saying, the Holy Spirit comes and He will point to the Father and Jesus. And then ultimately, it says this, that when He comes, He will not speak on His own authority. Verse 13, when the Spirit of truth has come, and He's a Spirit of truth, he could, he could just be, you know, dropping truth bombs, but no, He comes and He will not speak on His own authority. It doesn't mean that He doesn't have authority to speak. But what He says is this, He will speak with the same authority 
as the Father and the Son. Saying that, you know, we'll come and we're going we're gonna to fulfill the plan. And so you see, not just the, the power of the Holy Spirit, but the selflessness of the Holy Spirit. Whatever He hears, He will speak and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for He will take off what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I say that He will take off mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit is not some messenger system, but the Holy Spirit came. He is God, but He came so selflessly. And the Bible says, Jesus says, I will send you a helper and He will be with you forever. Jesus was great, but He ascended. But the Holy Spirit still dwells in us. And just think of it. You know, what kind of dwelling does, does the king deserve? Well, the queen definitely, you know, loves Buckingham Palace or, or the, the one up in Scotland called, what now, Cat? Bimoral. Oh, I'm, mis- I'm butchering the word. But you know, okay, go watch Seasons of Crown uh, on Netflix and you, you, you know what I'm talking about. And yet, the Holy Spirit doesn't want Buckingham Palace. He doesn't want Bimoral. He doesn't want the Taj Mahal. He doesn't want the White House. He doesn't want number 10 Downing Street. He wants you. He wants you. If you, if you see the president of, whatever, let's say, you know, if the president of the United States comes to the UK and he doesn't want to stay anywhere, no presidential suite, and instead he says, hey, Toby, can I stay with you? Right? <laughs> The first thing we're going to be like, no, not worthy. And, and he insists, no, no, I want to stay with you. What's the first thing you're going to say? Wow, this president is so selfless. So selfless. He doesn't think of his own status. He wants to stay with me. And that's what the Holy Spirit is doing even right now. And so there is this selflessness of the Holy Spirit that many times we miss. Because when we see the Holy Spirit, we think of power and and majesty, and rightfully so, but He is also very selfless. And and if we want to be in sync with the Holy Spirit, we got to be selfless. So how do we become more selfless? You know, how do we become more in sync, more in step with the Holy Spirit? I got three points for you. More for practical points to live out the most important point. If you remember one thing about today's message is that I need to be more selfless. But selflessness means this, that we got to think of God more. Point number one, think of God more. How do you operate with the power of the Holy Spirit in our everyday life? We got to think of God more. When you wake up every morning, what do you think of? Your to-do list? Or do you immediately go like, wow, God, thank you for this breath. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're still in me. Because this morning, I didn't want to wake up. And immediately, there was an argument in my head, you should wake up. No, five more minutes. No, wake up. Otherwise, you'll be late. No, I don't want to. Five more minutes more than enough. Wake up. I don't have my coffee yet. No, wake up. And then you'll get your coffee. Ah, let me call in sick. That's dishonest. Guess what? Even before you woke up, the Holy Spirit was the first one to remind you, I'm still here. And I'm still arguing. And when you wake up, do you go like, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, you are the president of presidents. You are the, you, are the, you are the Holy Spirit. Thank you for still living in me. And I guarantee you, friends, when you start your day like that, with a mind towards God, immediately gratefulness fills your life. Thankfulness floods in. And immediately your day will start being more powerful, more effective, more efficient. Affiction, sorry. Affiction, what's that? <laughs> Affliction. <laughs> sorry, I guess. Anyway. Point number two is you got to think of others more. The flesh wants to think of itself. What's in it for me? Five more minutes for me. Let me snooze. Me, 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 me. 
but the Holy Spirit is all about others. Convicting others of sin. Showing others the truth of Jesus. Pushing back the darkness. Others. This week, let's do a quick inventory right now. Have you thought of yourself more or have you thought of other people more? <laughs> have you only been planning for yourself or have you been thinking of others? I'm not saying that you got to be mindful and, and care about what they think, right? Because already Jesus said, what they think is dangerous and, and not everyone's going to think good thoughts about you. But you are still to think of them and think of how you can make a difference, how you can be a blessing. Because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to just, you know, He's not just there to act as our personal Google Homes or Siri or whatever program you prefer, Cortana. And, and, and it's, it's not there to serve you, it's there to serve the Father and the Son. And, and who, what is the Father about? The world that is lost. What is the Son about? The world that is lost. That's why John 3.16 says, for, for, for God so loved the world that He sent His only Son. God has a fatherly love for the world around us. A world that's hate, hurting, a world that's broken. And we need to be partners with God in this. A lot of times our walk with God is frustrating. Our walk with God is inconsistent. Our walk with God is, you know, it's, it's like a, a three-legged race. Unless you're in sync with your partner, you're going to stumble, you're going to fall. So, so maybe that's a new perspective. Why do we as Christians still stumble and fall? Is it because God is not good? Is it because He doesn't give us the strength to overcome? No, it's because we wrestle with the timing of the Holy Spirit. And when he says, move forward into forgiveness, we say, no. And when he says, move forward into generosity, we say, no. And when God says, put your arms around me so that my arms of compassion can be around you, we say, no. When God says, it's time for repentance, we say, no. And that's why we stumble and fall like, like a... You get the picture. And God is saying that, no, come on. I'm for people. And until you have a, 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 maybe this could be a prayer for us to pray this week. God, give me a new heart for people. Because the truth is this, people will hurt you. In fact, Jesus says, they're going to hurt you, they're going to hate you, they might even want to kill you and think that they're doing a good deed. But love them anyway. And what we need to do is think of others. How can I be a blessing? Every morning, start with, God, I'm so thankful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're still arguing my flesh. God, keep arguing and help me be more obedient. And I wonder if we will immediately think also of like, God, who can I bless today? Who can I encourage today? Because that's what the Holy Spirit is, the Spirit that leads us to truth. Do you think that somebody in your life needs some truth? I don't mean like truth, like you're ugly, you're fat, okay? Not that kind of truth, okay? But the truth that they are loved by God. The truth that no matter what they're going through right now, there's hope in Jesus. Do you know that suicide is... Many times we have COVID and we, we call it a pandemic, but do you know that suicide is also a pandemic? And I wonder if there can be more people to support, more people to speak truth and say that, hey, you don't have to end it all today. Because the truth is this, you are loved. Because the truth is this, you still have friends. Because the truth is this, that the fact that I called you means that there's somebody who cares. Who does that? The Holy Spirit. And who does He want to use it to do? You. He wants to do it through you. And of course, last but not least, serve others. Point number three, serve others. This is not a... A recruitment for church. Of course, if you want to serve in church, by all means. But all things that we do in church should overflow into our everyday life. Christianity is not just about Sunday, it's about every day. 
It's not Resurrection Sunday, it's Resurrection every day. And when the, the Holy Spirit came and He came, His, His power, and yet He served the agenda of the Son. He served the plans of the Father. He served, He, he put Himself second. And will we also, in the world that we're living today, learn to put ourselves second? Don't just say, yeah, I serve, and I serve in church, but, but, but what about the world around us? Serving means this, right? It means helping others at personal cost to yourself. That's what serving is. Everyone who serves in church knows this. You're helping church at your personal cost. Your personal cost called travels, you know, you have to maybe give up a certain holiday because you want to serve in church that week. Maybe you're giving up buying the latest I don't know, gadget or gizmo so that you can honour God with, uh, uh, you know, your finances from the bonus that He just blessed you with. You know, maybe some of you had to wake up early and you're not an early person, but for Jesus, you will be an early person. You, you serve at the cost of your own sleep, at the cost of your own snooze time, you name it. But what if we begin to serve others? What if we begin to go to work, go to school, go back home and not just live for ourselves? You know, when I was doing student ministry, and to a certain extent, I still kind of am, maybe some days, um, I used to have students come up to me and they go like, hey, um, uh, my, my, I want to go for camp, I want to go for bloom, but, uh, you know, my parents won't allow because they're not Christians, they're not against it, blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, here's my strategy for you. Okay, go back home and clean your room. Okay, here's the second strategy. After you clean a room, if your parents have a car, clean the car. And the third day, if you've got siblings, take care of them, help them with the homework. By the fourth day, your parents will be writing you a check to go to camp <laughs> or bloom because they either think you're too stressed out, there's something you, you, need, you need some time away, or they begin to see the change in you. You know, of course, you know what it's really about. When you begin to serve the people around you, they will begin to see change and their hearts will be softened. Can you imagine if you go to work you know, Christians were meant to be different friends. We're meant to be different. When we, when, we, when we go to work at a place, that place should become different. And there's two responses. Either you're so different in a good way that they hate you and they want to kick you out, or they just want more of you. But we are meant to be different. And the different is not weird different. The different is a noble kind of different. Can you imagine if you go to work and instead of thinking, what can I get? When's my pay coming in? What time can I have my lunch? You go like, how can I serve others today? I know I'm here to work, but how can I serve? How can I help someone today here at personal cost to myself? When was the last time you went to work with a box of donuts? Sometimes it's as simple as that. I can see some people nodding because you already know how much joy a box of donuts in the morning can bring. When was the last time you went to work? Oh, my, my colleagues don't like me. But when was the last time you served them? But they don't like me. Serve them. But they don't like me. That's what Jesus did. Serve them. Bring a box of donuts. Stop complaining. My boss is not fair. Fine. Serve him anyway. Find a way to help him. Because maybe the reason why he is upset is because there's something else that is troubling him. Encourage him. If it's his Birthday, buy him a meal, buy him a drink, buy him a gift. Serve. Can we rediscover the joy of helping the world around us? So I pray. I mean, these are just some simple things and I believe that the Holy Spirit will give you more on how you can be more selfless. As, as John the Baptist says, for God to increase, we must decrease. If you want the Holy Spirit to increase in your life, you must decrease. So selflessness, friends, because that's what the Holy Spirit is. And before you know it, there's going to be this beautiful friendship with the Holy Spirit. Now you might be saying that, Pastor, you know, we live in a world, everything's grey, there are people that are out to get you. How do I know? How do I know? What if I get taken for advantage? Just this last week, somebody called my phone because my phone's, you know, listed on the, 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 the website, you know, for, for church contact. And, were, and somebody called and they were telling me, 
you know, their story. Uh, how they, oh, I'm, I'm looking for a church, there's, there's, you know, um, and, uh, and then the person mentioned that, oh, I, I, was, I was of this particular faith. I recently came to know Christ. And, uh, but once my faith discovered my, you know, faith in Jesus, they started to they kicked me out. I lost my job, you know. Really, like, ooh, wow, you know. Like, sounds, you know, honest. And the person goes on, oh, I, I, need, I need a place to stay because I've been kicked out, da 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 You know, so I, I was just, I, didn't, I don't know much about Christianity, so I Googled church, and your church came up, and so I called you, and are you able to help me? Now, most of us living in London, you'd be cynical to go, like, off the phone. But what are we called to do as Christians? Love. And so, hearing him, just being a listening ear, and sometimes that's what we can do to help. Just listen. The Bible says be quick to listen, slow to speak. Listen. Listen. And then once the person says everything, I say, okay, you okay? You feel much better? Yeah, yeah, I feel much better. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, so... So I, I, I was wondering if you can help me to arrange a place to stay. And as I was there, <laughs> yeah, I, I love Pastor Kat, so she balances me. So, so, so I was about to say, uh, you know, what she said to me, please love her, as, as I love her and as God loves her. And she overheard my conversation, she's looking at me going like... <laughs> and she's like, you know, mouthing to me. Right, even the back row understand, right? <laughs> you know, I hope people online understand. <laughs> and I was like, just listen. And I just go like, you know what? Maybe it is what Pastor Cat says it is. But what's the worst I can do if I help? What's the worst thing that can happen if I serve? Am I, as a child of God, meant to only serve the people in church and not members of my community. So I said that, hey, can you give me your email? Give me your contact number. Let me see if I can book you a place to stay for a couple of days. And so I took that down, just daggers. So I went to the computer, started keying in. But you know, the Holy Spirit is there constantly arguing. And after a while, I could sense the Holy Spirit argue with Pastor Cat. And then she, as I was Googling, because I'm not, you know, she books more hotels than me, right? She's always looking at the next good deal. And, um, and then she's like, go to this website. I'll be like, oh, oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. And, and I go to, okay. Uh, try that. I'll be like, okay, okay. And, uh, and, I was, and, and then I was just trying to book it. I go like, oh, but it looks like my credit card's also needed to, you know, upon check-in and all that. And then she's like, yeah, see, I told you. It's not going to work. You see, we're still human, right? We argue. But keep arguing the Holy Spirit because he always wins. And then after a while, he's, she, you know, I said, oh, but let me try, let me try. But well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, maybe I can call the hotel to see if they'll make a, you know, an exception this time. And then she'll go like, why don't you get a gift card? Try this other website. They do gift cards for hotels. I'll be like, okay, oh yeah, okay, cool. And all we're asked to do is just to love and serve. Yeah, it's going to cost us something. Maybe some people will take us for a ride. But, are we, but because there is a risk of error, do we not try? Do we not love? What did Jesus ask us to do? Even our enemies deserve love. So as I was doing it, don't worry, it's a happy ending. Pastor Cat will come out looking like a good person, don't worry. So I was doing it, looking. The phone rang again. And as this person, uh, so have you booked me a place to stay? I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to, but, but uh, there looks to be some, some issues with the booking. No, 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 all you need to do is do this and this and this and that and that and that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then the Holy Spirit go like, ding. He seems to know a lot about bookings. I'm like, yeah, Holy Spirit, you're right. Looks like he's an expert at bookings. Yeah. And I go like, yeah, how do you know all this? Oh, I, I, I have the website in front of me right now. Then I'm like, ding, could see the Holy Spirit plant a red flag. 
And I'll be like, okay, okay, let me try, let me try. And then I felt like, you know what? Maybe not, not so good if I do this. Maybe I'll do what Kat says. Maybe I'll get a gift card. You know what, brother? Let me get you a gift card. No, I don't want a gift card. I want that room, this place, now. No, but, but this gift card works as well. And, you know, no, 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 no. That gift card won't work on this one because I know what, what hotels that, that gift card does. I'll be like, oh, wow. Holy Spirit plants a fourth flag. Wow, this guy knows a lot about hotels, which means that it might not be his first time asking people to book hotels for him. And I went like, oh, okay. Um, all right, let me, uh, let, me, let me try. And then I put on the phone. Long story short, the person became impatient, called me back again, was basically chasing me. So are you going to do it or not? And right then, then I felt the discernment of the Holy Spirit say that maybe this person is not so sincere. Uh, because you, if you're really in need, you, you can't be so pushy. So I go like, hey, I'm not comfortable with you being so pushy. I'm just trying to help you here. And the person say, you're just stalling for time because you don't want your card to be in the system, right? I'll be like, why do you want to mention my card? <laughs> And long story short, I go like, well, you know, since you put it that way, yeah, maybe, maybe I don't feel so comfortable helping you. And of course, in the end, the person was angry, yelled a lot of things, put, slammed down the phone. And of course, I looked up and Pastor Cat was there going like. <laughs> now, the moral story is this. It's really not, I'm not saying that because that's the nature, so... A, I'm just saying that the Bible does tell us to be as innocent as dove and cunning as serpents. And sometimes God will put people in our lives. We have good Christian friends for me, my wife. So when sometimes I'm being a dove, the Holy Spirit helps her to be a serpent in, in cunningness. You understand what I'm saying? All I'm saying is this. Is there a risk to being selfless? Yes but we also have the Holy Spirit. But as we step forward in good faith, the Holy Spirit will also protect us from making unnecessary mistakes if it is indeed a mistake. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times where we help people and people walk away being unthankful, but the Holy Spirit still allowed us to help them anyway. But you see how the Holy Spirit knows. He knows how much risk uh, we can handle and when it becomes too risky. When we are being too nice, nicer than Jesus even, and the Holy Spirit will tell us, He will argue with us, you need to be nicer, you need to be kinder, you need to be more generous, you need to be more charitable. But there are times where He will also say that, yeah, but not this one. Because this one could lead to a dangerous place. So listen to your wife this time. Listen to your pastor this time. Listen to your home leader this time. Listen to me this time. Amen? So I really believe that in this season, as things are reopening, as we are regathering, let us not just regather for ourselves. Let us not just think of ourselves, but let us think more of the Holy Spirit. Let us desire to become more in tune with Him. Let us be more selfless. Let's learn to think of God more and what He wants to do in our family, in our lives. Amen. God is not just a you know, something to be boxed aside. He is, he needs to be front and center. Let's think of others more, amen? Think of them as more deserving, more deserving of grace, more deserving of forgiveness. Think of them more and serve others, amen? Even if it's at our personal cost. Let all that we do in church, whether it's prayer, serving, loving, fellowship, all that good things, let it be more than just on a Sunday, Amen? Because God desires for His love and His power to be made manifest to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you that even in this season where, Lord, maybe uh, things are opening up but we're going out, having a bit more fun. And God, you're not against fun. But Lord, in our daily living, help us not just to be self-seeking and self-centered. But Lord, help us to be selfless like how you are selfless, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that as we begin to decrease Holy Spirit, you will increase in our lives. Lord, so that we can be of more use for you. Lord, you want to fill this earth with your holy temple. And Lord, your word calls us, Lord. You call us your temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, may we be more than just in name only the temple of the Holy Spirit, but may we be the temple of the Holy Spirit in deed and in action and in faith. So God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, everyone here who you have blessed with a job, I pray that you will make us more than just about the paycheck. But Lord, help us, Lord, Lord, to see our our workplace as not just our mission ground, but just a place, Lord, for that is in desperate need of you. So God, we will live the convicting to you. We will live all those to you. But Lord, we just want to focus on living for you. Help us, Lord, to serve the people around us. Lord, we pray the same for our families who maybe don't share our same belief. And sometimes family can rub us the wrong way. And uh, they just know ways to just pull us down. But Lord, help us, Lord. Grant us more patience, Lord. Help us to serve our families. Help us to love them. Help us, Lord, to honor you above all else. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.